Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Comics Pals Image Reviews. Every single week, Image sends their books to us early so that we can review them for you guys day and date. This week, we have a full cast. We've got Marco. Hello. Pete. Hello. Bill. Hello. Kale. Hello. (laughs) And me. I'm Sean. Uh, Hello. We're going to talk about... Hello. Four of Image's biggest releases this week. We've got New Burn. This is the new Chips Darsky book. Uh, We've got Radiant Black number nine. Spawn, everybody's favorite. Spawn 323 and Primordial number two. So pretty, pretty hefty group of books. Before we get into the review, I do want to let you guys know how you can support the show and where you can find us, wherever it is that you're listening to us right this second, hit the follow button, leave us a rating and a review, whatever you think we deserve. YouTube.com slash the comics pals is where we reside over there. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't for more content just like this. We've actually got an interview up with Chip Zdarsky from Comic-Con a couple of years ago. And this week, you'll be able to see our interview with Kyle Higgins. Pete uh, did a great interview with Kyle Higgins that uh, we, we actually talk about Radiant Black and things like that. So check all that good stuff out. If you leave comments, you can hear us respond to them on the main show, The Comics Pals, which drops every single Monday. We're talking about the characters you love and all the places you can find them and all the news that surrounds the comic book industry. This week, we talked about internals and its poor reviews so far. And we talked about the state of diversity in comics. We revisited that hot button issue. Without further ado, let's talk about New Burn. This is Chip Zdarsky. Uh, of course, the writer Chip Zdarsky, uh, joined by Jacob Phillips on art. Um, we also have a backup story called Brooklyn Zirconia uh, by Nadia Shamas with Zayed oh. Yusuf Ayub on art and Frank Kvetkovic on letters. Nailed it. Thanks. So uh, Chip obviously loves him some crime. Is, <laughs> well, he does love crime you're right he, th- he thinks it's funny he probably does yeah absolutely what a feeling uh and and so it's no surprise that he feels or it feels like he is right at home with this first mm-hmm. issue of new burn i really enjoyed it mm-hmm. uh i love stories that are you know based in crime this felt like something that could have been a part of the criminal series by Ed Baker and yeah Sean Phillips yep in the best way um and it's got a unique hook or premise this you know this newburn guy Eaton newburn he is basically the liaison the middleman between all the crime families who have decided to work together because it's gotten too hard to do this thing that they do and fight each other and fight the cops so he kind of keeps things together and i thought that was a brilliant concept i could see that being a television show very easily oh yeah it's a it's a very Mm -hmm. sort of marketable concept um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it gets options for something down the road, but it also happens to be very good, in my opinion. Anybody want to jump in? First thing, uh, the character's name is Easton Newburn, Sorry. not not Eaton. Uh, but uh, man, this hit me right where I live. Um, just like the rest of the internet, somehow I've been obsessed with Colombo, and um, <laughs> what uh, 
this the epis this episodic issue just man it it hit me just i is a it's a whole story he gets the bad guy and there's something else that will keep us going to the next issue but it's not the mystery we're there we're done right and he is more interesting than the mystery at hand and i think that is what lacks in a lot of um crime is a a, a true uh interesting protagonist that isn't just like a cardboard mark harman figure yeah i feel like it's really i feel like a lot of stories about like detectives um they feel really formulaic you know because mm-hmm. it's like a very like there are ways that at least in hollywood and and books and things that we like think of how a case progresses right um so like there's a lot of tropes that i feel like the genre leans on and that's fine every genre has its tropes um but to Sean's point earlier, like this being a character who has kind of a unique entry point into what is an otherwise very like kind of formulaic story, but like it has that classic feeling, but it's also set in the modern day and it's dealing with like a very modern perspective on crime and like how technology has made it more difficult to get away with things and like legislation. Um, has made it more difficult to just, you know, get away with organized crime in the way that it used to be. Um, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist, right? Um, I think all of those things are novel, right? And, like, the liaison thing is probably the only thing that's actually novel. Like, all those other elements that I just described um, feel fresh because they're not they're not overdone yet, mm. right? Mm. Um, whereas, like you know, maybe a story set in a, in a more familiar time period, right. Would, would possibly already feel stale. Um, so I think, I think it has all of those things going for it on top of the fact that, you know, as we've said a lot in the past, like chips, a really good writer. He's good at writing dialogue. Um, which I think is sometimes a thing that like comics writers, um, don't always nail. Like there are, I think there are definitely writers who are great at ideas and concepts and, and like setting an interesting stage while not necessarily writing dialogue that feels supernatural. Sorry, very natural. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think Chip really excels at both of those things. Like this is, is a satisfying, complete narrative, but it's also just fun to sit in. Like, Newburn is a cool, interesting character, right? Like, you want to know what he's about. You want to know, you know, what his history is and, you know, what was it like when he was a cop and all those things. Like, to your, you know, earlier point, Kel, the real mystery is just him. He's cool and I want to know more about him. I would love to see him go on more adventures. And I think that's what you need for a good serial, you know? You all, all, the, all the set dressings are here. The the most direct comparison that I was thinking of another image book that I think we reviewed uh, we did review Second Chances uh, that was that black and white book where like there was this noir and then Japanese influence aesthetic and I think I, I feel like I, we I remember us coming out of it and like saying it was it was pretty good it was tight but I think that's a good comparison point where the main character isn't necessarily fleshed out he's just kind of like on the job it's a more typical. Uh, 
crime noir story until the and, robots show up <laughs> yeah, until the robots show up but like that's that's its differentiator right is that it needs this like extra package to sort of sell you in on the story where this is uh a a singular focused concept mm. and you get pulled into it and then it continues without it being like oh who is the next bad guy the next case it is how does the story progress forward with these characters and uh, i think that was super super tight um the on the art so jacob phillips uh sean phillips son so frequent ed brubaker collaborator oh, yeah oh so so like the art the style like it's all there just because yeah. they've, they've been working together for the past few years i think um it wasn't all my heroes are what is it called I, I don't know if it was that one or if it was one of the other more recent books, but they've been working together a bit more like colorist and art dynamic. But this, along with that Texas blood, uh, some of his like first image stuff solo. So uh, the the influence is there. And obviously, uh, Sean Phillips is an incredible artist. And I think Jacob's doing a, a really good job. This kind of made me think of... Um... A character in the movie Pulp Fiction, uh, Mr. Wolf, whose yeah. entire job was to like clean up a uh, crime scene. Basically, he brings in his guys, and that's his entire job. And there's an element of that here, where where you know Newman is his, his whole or his whole job is to Newburn, Newburn, Newman, New Newman. Keep <laughs> <laughs> patching if this is the exact same book, but it was Newman. <laughs> that would be that would make this book a hundred percent better. Chip Zdarsky <laughs> could absolutely write that book just for the record. Yeah. <laughs> but Newburn's whole role is to be a liaison between like both the organized crime world the, and, and like the real world in a lot of ways. And and as he says at the end of this issue, it's untouchable basically. And that presents so many great opportunities for this character to like kind of dip his toes in a bunch of different things because of his role uh which is kind of a thing we, we really just don't see a lot in like media in general is like a un liaison's job to be like a, a, an impartial mediator between multiple sides and um there's a lot of opportunity here it's really exciting oh yeah definitely um I think it's just it's really fantastic. I love Chip's approach um, to this story, and I, I I can't wait to see more. I, I really can't. I think I think this is going to be something special. Hello, Jerry. I'm untouchable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got the wolf. Shit, Negro, that's all you had to say. (laughs) (laughs) Classic, unforgettable Pulp Fiction. Yeah, good shit. (sighs) So yeah, uh, another home run for Chip, and um, we'll probably be back next month with uh, another review of New Burn. But Let's talk about something that we've been following for quite a while now. Uh, let's talk about Radiant Black. Radiant Black number nine. This is Kyle Higgins with um, and and with and uh, Eduardo Ferregato uh, with Marcelo Costa. So sharing art duties there uh, and uh, Becca Carey. So um, Marcelo Costa did the colors in this one. Unfortunately, not on the main story. I think. 
when we spoke with Kyle, he said that there were some issues that that was kind of baked into the idea that that Marcelo would get a break, but he also did have that hand injury. So mm. I don't remember, you know, where this issue landed in terms of why this issue features Eduardo instead. Um, but we read this. We read this at New York Comic Con. Uh, we actually were allowed to read this right in front of Kyle Higgins. I think he said we were like four of the earliest people to ever see this comic. Yeah, if I recall correctly. I think he said we yep. might have been the first. I think I think we I were think the first ten. The, I feel like we were the first outside of Image, outside of like right, the, like people who actually worked work. on it and whatnot. Yeah, um, and I really enjoyed it then, and I enjoyed it now. I I think this is a really good issue that kind of focuses on, you know, the fact that like uh, a tragedy happened, you know, like mm-hmm. and it, and it, it deals with the reality of, um, you know super heroics you know what can what can happen um i i really enjoyed this issue this might be it might be my favorite issue yet yeah i think this is probably the best issue in the book um he does a really you know i think a thing that kyle was trying to do in some of the early issues i think of like issue three is like really ground his characters so that they feel believable and it didn't always land because Pete kind of brought up how I think comic writers often struggle with dialogue and stuff. Not that Kyle often does or whatever. It's just that does happen. Uh, I think this issue really is a grand slam because by the end of it, I we, you know we read this at the convention originally. You, know, you really feel the impact of the, the emotion and weight behind it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I definitely think this is the best issue of the book so far. Um, I and I I think it's funny. Um, after our interview, we we were talking to Kyle a bit more, and uh, you know, we were talking about um how some people you know have criticized the pace of the book, and us included. Um, but that this issue felt like a payoff. And I remember he he made a joke where he's like, you know, he's like, sometimes if you want your dessert, you got to eat your fucking broccoli, you know. Um, and I, I definitely feel like that resonated with me, um, with this issue where like, I think <laughs> that, that there are, uh, that, that doesn't, that doesn't track dessert. Is not payoff for dinner? Being full is payoff for dinner. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Listen, listen, damn, he hated Kale, too bad you weren't there. Yeah, seriously. You would have told him. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have. I would if he if he just said that to my face, I'd have bought it. Kale would have been like, "Yeah, wow." Kale wouldn't look at me. Absolutely right. Um, I hated broccoli. It's only hearing it from someone dumb that I no, just kidding. All right, I would have, I would have absolutely bought it if he'd said it to my face. I'm very stupid. And I, I, I think that I think that 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 tracks for me here, where I feel like the work that's been put in um that phil just referenced right like that we've put in to to get to know the characters and spend time with them um makes this issue work or not necessarily work better but it makes it more rewarding um it's it is kind of funny that you know we've been talking about how um we felt like the book slowed down too much and then this issue covers so much time like so quickly um which Considering what we know about number ten, um, it's it's interesting. It's exciting because where we're driving now, it feels like 
the book has momentum in a way that I, I don't feel like it has. Um, or at least it's had off and on, right? Where, like, it's felt like all movement has been in kind of, like, spurts, and then we slow down, and spurts, then we slow down. Um, whereas I, I feel like this this issue does a lot of work to move things forward um, in a way that feels, at least I, I thought was very satisfying. Um, and it, it has me really interested to see, you know, where things go from 10 and on. I didn't really like Marshall too much before. Mm-hmm. Seeing his sort of like loyalty to Nathan become the primary focus. I really like the fact that, you know, he's kind of yeah. grieving this loss, even though Nathan is, is, you know, he's in the hospital, he's on, you know, um, life support or whatever. Uh, it's not looking good. And seeing that that how that affects him, you know how he moves about his day. This this issue really felt like it it kind of dragged us through what he's going through. We didn't it didn't it didn't feel like a slog or anything like that. But like you know, it takes us through all of the 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 pain and whatnot that he's in over this. Um, and then seeing him speak to um, Red, right, Radiant Red or whatever. Um, yeah, Satomi. Yeah, Satomi and and that conversation, him being very sort of you know angry at her for what she did and stuff like that. That was that was great too, and it actually makes her interesting because of her reaction. You know, so her playing off of him, her feeling bad about it. Now I'm like, okay, cool, we're getting somewhere with all these characters. Like this is this is interesting. These are the moments where uh, I remember when we. That New York Comic Con episode, I felt similar to Pete had that momentum. And this is like emotional payoff for everything that we've been working working towards. Um, all that broccoli we ate. All that fucking exactly. broccoli. Like I, I, I think that's the biggest that, that's the biggest reward here is we get to see these characters like really feel the things that they're going through, uh, regardless of the span of time, regardless of like how it progresses the story. But seeing them genuinely react is what has been for this issue made it really really strong yeah and and by the way the art is great yeah uh, i yeah i like i know it's not marcelo costa but it doesn't not look like marcelo costa like yeah like this was a you know a good fill-in artist yeah it's hitting the same bar yeah and i i, I think i'm correct in saying this pete would probably know better but i feel like eduardo is a kind of friend ally to Kyle they've had a long-standing relationship and yeah Kyle mentioned he wanted that. yeah he wanted Eduardo to be a part of this project and I believe Eduardo is the one that recommended Marcelo Costa to do it or Marcelo asked or some something along yeah. those lines yeah you're, you're you're definitely correct about that I I'm not I'm a little hazy on the specifics but yeah you're definitely right there yeah. So, uh, but again, doesn't disappoint by any means. This is a great looking issue. And then from the from the colors angle, I really loved how each scene, or not maybe maybe not each and every scene, but a lot of the scenes had a thematic element to them that was represented by color. Mm-hmm. Um, that I thought was that really worked uh, really well. Yeah, agreed. And and I I like the way that it. Um, I really like the way that this issue uses time. And the way that it like presents um, some of the the ways in which Marshall is kind of like stuck in a loop, right? And like he's yeah. doing the same thing every day, um, and kind of just like plotting through 
existence and trying to like figure out what the next steps are like hoping that you know the next step starts when you know um when he gets his friend back right and that that's that's ultimately not you know at least in his mind right like now not ever gonna happen um or at least you know he's i guess he's trying but um that I, i feel like that really really plays you know and like seeing you know like uh that that commitment to being there every day and then the desperation that he clearly feels when, you know, um, they're talking about taking him off life support and everything and, like, how tense that moment is with um, with his mother, you know, and everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, and he's she, she says, stop it, just stop. Jesus Christ, Marshall. And, like, it, it, it feels very authentic, right? It feels very grounded and real. Um, and it it helps it helps connect with the characters right because i i don't feel like marshall was like you know um the most likable character right like he was kind of like the you know jerky best friend you know archetype and like that character has their uses but they're not always a character that i feel like i connect with or who i like you know they're usually comic relief they're something else they're they're someone who exists to further the character that you actually give a shit about and this issue made me care about him and what he was going through because it presented an emotional depth to him that I don't think we'd really necessarily seen before, you know? Um, and I think that's something that, you know, whether the pacing or, or not has worked for you, I think something that, like, Kyle has done a good job of is uh, to show us who these characters are. And, like, at least the ones we've contextualized so far, like, what matters to them, what they're afraid of, what, you know, they want out of life or or what they don't want out of life or what they're not sure about. Like, all those things, right, that make characters feel, you know, three-dimensional and feel, like, rooted in a real world and a real place that exists. Um, And I think that these very, very close character-focused issues like that um, have been essential to us having that understanding that moment with red means something because what we know about her. Um, so yeah, I, I think that, that it's, it's all about the payoff. And now that we've, we've invested this far, we're able to start leveraging the knowledge that we have to craft moments like this. Um, and that's what I've been hoping for, for this book. That's what, I, that's what I've been hoping um, we were driving toward all this time. And I really, I, it feels like, it feels like we're, we're getting there. Like the machines built and now you know, it's, we're ready to play. Another great uh, issue, hopefully, well, you know, depending on your perspective, I am hoping that, you know, because I'm tired of broccoli. So I'm hoping that, <laughs> you know, this is just going to be what this series is now. Yeah. You know, just real high quality, um, deep storytelling that we can be invested in. We actually got to see issue 10. Can't talk about it in any way, but uh, it feels like it's definitely going to be killer. Um, it, w- it was killer. It it's was awesome. Something so, very unique. You're going to yeah. want to check it out. Uh, this is yeah. my pick of the week. Mine was Newburn. I forgot to say that, but yeah, mine was uh, Newburn. Can't wait for issue nine and a half where everything grinds to a halt for two months <laughs> and we get the story of Radiant Pink and how she's a ballet dancer who never could quite see Saturn the way she wanted. <laughs> see... You joke, but when that happens and then it, you know, five issues later we get something like this, I'm like, all right, you know what? Let's do it. 
Um, that's $20 later, by the way. <laughs> that is <But> true. <laughs> let's talk about a book that's probably not anyone's pick of the week here. Let's talk about Spawn 323. <sighs> so uh, the script is by Todd McFarlane, <laughs> but he got an assist from a plot perspective from Rory McConville. Carlo Barbary is, of course, the artist on Spawn, but also got an assist by Thomas Natchlik for pages 18 and 20. Tom Orzachowski is the letterer. J. David Ramos did the colors, but got an assist by Nikos Kustis on pages 18 and 20. So Spawn has been moving at like a granular pace for the last three issues. Literally every issue has built on almost the exact moment that the prior one left off. And unfortunately, the thing that's happening is not the most interesting thing that we could be seeing. So in this issue, Spawn is now confronted by vampires, basically. Um, and they kind of want to team up, kind of want to kill them. Uh, it's 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 sort of weird the way that the story is presented, but I'll tell you what. Whatever you think about the script, if you don't look at the words, if you ignore that they're there, right? This is a hot book. It looks nice. That's some sexy ass vampires. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> move over, Robert Pattinson. I think um, one thing we've been able to agree. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Oh, no, he's oh, dying. I'm oh, dying. First day oh, with the new pipes, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, ooh. Sorry about that. Um, I think the one thing we've agreed on is that the art has been good. You know, like, Spawn is definitely an artist's book. And I don't think this issue is any exception. But, I mean, when it comes to the script, talk about fucking broccoli. But, like, it's broccoli, like, dipped in that, like, green Shrek ketchup from, like, the early 2000s. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's just, I can't with this, man. I'm I am overwhelmed guys, by do, that. Do you guys not like broccoli? I, love I broccoli. enjoy broccoli. broccoli. I actually really like broccoli yeah. a lot. It's my favorite vegetable. Broccoli fucking rules. Why are we dogging on broccoli? <laughs> pick a, pick a good meme. <laughs> All right, you know what? Fine. I don't. I don't know what vegetable <laughs> this is, but it's a bad one. No, do you know what it is? All it is is the Shrek colored ketchup. We're You're right. Spoonfuls of it. I'm just mainlining that shit right into my veins. I guess it's an IV bag filled with Shrek ketchup. <laughs> I would rather do that than have to taste it. <laughs> yeah seriously i don't know what you guys are talking about this stuff was i mean it was ketchup like what do you want it's green so that's nasty kale yeah i don't i don't know dude like i just Texas. obviously you know we've, we've talked a lot about the scripts and just how they they don't work for us for the most part but i think like there's just so little that happens in these issues like when mm-hmm. you like okay like yeah the the elevator pitch of this issue is like a bunch of vampires come to, you know, talk with Spawn or whatever and offer him an alliance and he rejects it. So they fight and, you know, and that's it. Right. But Spawn's weak. He's weakened right now on paper. OK, fine. Fine elevator pitch for the issue. Why doesn't Spawn fight the vampires? Like we he well, summons a bunch of zo- that's not a, I don't want to see zombies eat vampires. If I'm going to read it Spawn, I want to watch Spawn fuck up a bunch of vampires. That's the one thing that this book does is cool action of him fighting monsters and we didn't even get that. But is that is that the hot thing for this shit this issue is he can summon the dead? Like has he done that before? 
Maybe you not. Have. But like, I don't like. Uh, that's I, not as cool as all of his other powers. Yeah, but we've had three hundred and twenty-two issues of his other powers. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, like yeah, those are cool. But we've had three hundred twenty-two issues of that. Like, it's not cool anymore. Like, I mean, it's still cool. But like, <laughs> but now he can summon the dead. That's cool. Listen, I mean, it ain't not cool. Listen, Sean is ultimately correct here. If we are just reading this book without the words, because my God, does this vampire just talk in paragraphs? Then it's a pretty good book. Pretty good book. So many other words. It's like, boy, this sure isn't a page turner anymore. Spawn I has I'm, thought about it. If you were wondering, I'm, I'm gonna give it credit for being better than the previous two spawn issues that we've read from us from like a script perspective because mm-hmm. there were definitely moments in the last issue where he kept repeating phrases and paragraphs of not understanding in text and at, at the very least this had some modicum of movement wasn't great but they got at the very least he got stuff across and like okay fine i get the premise here there are ways to cut down and whittle down on it but this was better and that's the best that i can say yeah i like what the story is about and what it's building towards i'm waiting for this damn war between heaven and hell to kick into high gear like even if i don't necessarily love the script the the concept is what i'm here for i'm into it the problem is that I'm not sure how long it's going to take for us to get somewhere. Like this house is the same house from two issues ago that that crazy demon guy had that girl and her baby in. Yep. How long are we going to be at this house for? This blackout that happened happened two issues ago or whatever. Like, please, can we move? Can we move along? And the vampire element I actually found to be uh, pretty pretty interesting. Um, but uh, can we do that somewhere else? Like I don't know. I just want to get away from <laughs> I just, the scene already. It's already taken us to hell, folks. The thing that the thing that bugs me is like it reminds me of you and I had a conversation about this, Sean. I don't remember if it was on one of these reviews or if it was oh, it was with the gunslinger thing, where it's like yeah. I feel like I feel like there are ways in which I could see this script, this same base plot for an issue being interesting, and I feel like this took every opportunity to not be interesting. I think it would have been more interesting if Spawn fought the vampires. It would have been more interesting if he entered to actually sincerely entertain the idea of working with them. And even, you know, he's going to, I'm going to double cross him or whatever. Like, that would be something. I'd be like, oh, cool. That's, that's different. The fact that he was like, I'll never compromise inside with you is like, of course, that's what he did. Right. But then we don't even get the square off. You know, he cuts the one guy's head off. All right, great. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's like be more action oriented or more clever or something. Cause I just I just feel like I have nothing to grab onto here, you know? Like what was what was the point of this issue? Well, I, I think I I don't know. I, I I'm a little bit surprised by that criticism. Spawn sticking to his to his kind of you know, moral compass or whatever is a bad thing. <sighs> no, and I, you're right. That I guess that is true. That's like he if if he did that, maybe you would argue that's out of character, right? But like, I don't know. I just feel like it it took the least interesting path to resolution 
for this conflict for me. I mean, I dug the, I actually preferred the fact that he just like deaded the one guy and then summoned zombies. He's like, all right, the rest of you are not worth like the time. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I get it. Like he has, I mean, I don't know if he has more important shit to do because we're still here, but like <laughs> still sitting in this house. But like, you know, like he, he doesn't have the time to score off with these, you know, scrubs. So like zombies, I'm like, oh shit. And they'll fight off and whatever. He gets to run away. You just say he deaded that vampire. Oh, like killed yeah. him. He did say that. Yeah. Uh, he got right. I know he killed him. No, he deaded him. He but- deaded him. <laughs> he deaded him. <laughs> there is a word for that. Hey, Kel, did Marco stutter? <laughs> uh, did it? Uh, maybe. Yeah, did he? I'm not sure. <laughs> I, you know, I also want to say that you know, if let's let's assume right, because like 323 issues, he probably has summoned demons or zombies or undead, whatever, in the past. Sure, I didn't know that. Same. You know, like I feel yeah. like there's so many things in sponsors. Every issue comes out and someone here says oh wow that's cool who's that character right yeah and then somebody in our youtube comments is like oh well that character is from issue eight of spawn you yeah. know and it's like oh shit didn't know that so i'm cool with all that right like there's nothing conceptually wrong with anything here except the script and even that isn't terrible what frustrates me is that it's not enough it's not good enough it could be so much better what's What's frustrating me is that I know this could be so much better. Um, but yeah, I do have to say, I felt like this this issue was an improvement and I could do a lot worse than reading a comic book with art this good. I can't praise it enough. But we've beaten this dead horse. Dead, dead horse. You, uh, you beat horses, Kale? <laughs> Alrighty, let's jump on to the next book, huh? <laughs> Speaking of uh, beating animals, let's talk about Primordial. <laughs> oh, no. By <laughs> Jeff <laughs> With art by Andrea Sorrentino and colors by Dave Stewart. Letters and designs by Steve Wands. Um, <laughs> you know, I felt I felt a lot for this animal. Um, Leica. 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 Yeah. And uh Kale, I, I was just um curious about how you felt about the scene um where Leica's, you know, wandering homeless um and tries to make friends with someone. <laughs> what did you what did you feel about that? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I mean every animal deserves love, right? Like <laughs> what do you want? Uh, my pick of the week primordial number two this was a really uh excellent this is just great storytelling like jeff lemire just takes us through the life of Leica. like we leave on this giant cliffhanger at the end of the first issue like where are they somewhere in between time and space perhaps this issue (laughs) it's funny we talk about issue three of Radiant Black and its shortcomings, but this issue is doing something similar in its intent, but succeeds very well. There's not a lot of dialogue. There's not a lot of exposition. It's a story told specifically through clever paneling 
and beautiful art. And I can't mm. stress how beautiful this issue is enough. The the use of the contrasting styles, like yes. one to counterpoint, like current time and the current scene with the the past and like that emotion. Because there are, there are moments where uh, Laika like gets caged and looks sad and leaning over, but that sim that same emotion is carried through to the next whatever dimension, which is in the next panel, which is entering that next scene, and so everything flows and is communicated sequentially, like really amazingly. Um, to that point, right, Phil? Like you didn't need the dialogue; you you were seeing and feeling exactly what you needed to. This is the anti spawn like this is what we're talking about with spawn is like beautiful visuals and a story told through the art like an artistic visual medium and unlike todd mcfarland this issue doesn't dwell on exposition it doesn't dwell on word bubbles it just lets it be what it is it's a story about a dog i think uh i think it's really interesting because you know, I made a joke about it on the the show proper this week that like, I I don't have any idea what's going on in this book, um, in a in like a macro sense, right? Like, I literally could tell you what happened in this issue, but like, what the implications of what we're seeing are still a mystery to me. Um, but that's totally fine because Jesus, are these books just so satisfying to look at? Right, like the art is so strong, and the script is sparse, but what's there is is meaningful and impactful, and helps to you know humanize Leica and you know give you a sense to you know what uh, what her emotional state is and everything, you know. Um, which I don't know, like the, just like that last like page, right? Like the the thing where you know, where she's like thinking to herself that she's alone, and then you know sees our our other two. Uh, I forget the name of these monkeys, but um, that that moment, like, it feels surprisingly emotional, you know, um, because of what we've seen uh, her, her her journey in this issue, right? And you know, um, yeah, it's, it 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 created a lot of empathy uh, on my end for for her as a as a character, right? Um, which is. I think tough to do for like a silent character too. It's easy because it's a dog, right? Like everybody likes dogs. It's easy to like empathize with a dog that just wants love. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a, it's a sparse, effective script, which I think shows considerable restraint. Um, which is not. It's it's hard. That's a hard line to walk. Yeah. Um, I I actually have all joking aside, like a, a like a ton 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 of love for animals um, and dogs in particular and so it was very sad to see the state of Laika at, at the you know the start of this book yeah um, and uh, I think that you know you can you can do a lot without words in comics and I'm so glad to see more writers kind of recognizing that that sometimes less is more when it comes to the script and you know most people with a heart right most people are caring about animals and so you're hooked emotionally just off the idea that there's this animal that's you know alone and afraid and when you see the animal get assaulted 
that is supposed to evoke a reaction out of you. There could be a narration box that said, uh, and, and Laika was cold and alone and now abused, you know, like something corny mm. that would not add anything to what we saw. We get what we saw. We don't need verbiage. And so Jeff Lemire deserves credit for what he doesn't say in this book. Yes. As Less much as what more. he does. How yeah. dare you? How dare you come at Todd McFarlane like that? <laughs> hey, Tom, I didn't say any names. Todd McFarlane writes something like, Laika was alone, more alone than at any point in her life before. And she knew what she had to do next. She had to find a home. And so that's what she set out to do. This <laughs> is <just> like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a great book, visually very appealing. I, I guess I haven't seen too much conversation about Primordial. So hopefully people are reading it. Uh, we really enjoyed it. It's it's very different. The the main story, I guess, is moving slowly from the first issue. But I think that by now, pacing wise, for the time being, we know what we're going to get. Like, it's probably going to be this weird book that, you know, is showing us things that don't immediately make sense. And, you know, we're, we're in for a ride. And I think it, this is a book that's less straightforward and it presents itself that way from jump. So I'm more willing to give it a lot more rope and it helps that it's also just really good. Yeah. I think that's the thing is I, I, I think maybe in the hands of like a lesser creative team if there was a script that was trying to do work that it didn't need to do if the art was less dynamic and interesting like I might not be willing to give it that same rope because you know we talk all the time about how the job of an issue one is to grab you and the job of an issue two is to follow up on that promise um and I think I, I think that this is is a a really really deliberate book and I think that's why it works for me, where other books that maybe have a similar pace uh, fall flat. Like, there's nothing wrong with being slow if you're making every moment count, and I respond to that. And I that's what, what, what it seems like we're getting out of this, where uh, some of the other books that we've criticized in recent memory for being slow um, are just not checking those boxes as effectively or aren't trying to do something that's as interesting you respond to that eh yes i would Ooh. i would say that i do Ooh, uh, all right <laughs> the, the the cover for the next issue looks like it's one of the capuchin monkeys and if it's going to be something similar to this kind of a story i'm i'm down to like get the emotional uh the emotional story of these animals before we get to see how the story progresses because i think that mystery is still enticing and like the why of it all is the the fact that we get to like see these the lives of these animals i think helps to carry weight for why we want to get back in touch with them because they're they're making human connections and uh the mystery that they're wrapped up in is really interesting so hopefully we get more of that monkey we're all here for monkeys and dogs right we're all in agreement yeah yes love them Absolutely. We're friend all, all right. Absolutely. Some of us Kale Ward, friend of animals. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
so let us know what your thoughts were about these this week's books tell us your book of the week uh get us on social media at the comics pals leave us a follow rating review wherever you listen to us youtube.com slash the comics pals leave your comments in the comments section subscribe for free make sure you're telling your friends about this show and that you enjoy it uh and tell them you know who your favorite pal is and why it's kale um (laughs) not gonna get any of those thank you to image for providing us with these books we super appreciate it and thank you guys for listening until next week we will see you next time take care guys take it easy everybody they bite me (laughs) <laughs> you bite them. <laughs> <laughs>